0: freezing out there, uh, Tuesday morning, and, uh, you know, we had a week ago, we had this uh, snowstorm, and then it was very nice again. It was like in the 60s, a few days later. One of the old-timers here in the neighborhood told me, yeah, that was, that was the last fake, and that spring is here for good. So uh, I guess you can be an old-timer and still get faked out by the, uh, by the winter weather once again. So, we, we had apparently had another fake out. We had some snow squalls yesterday. We're still below freezing currently, but the forecast is that at some point today it's going to get above freezing. And, uh, but it's a beautiful day. It really is a beautiful day and lovely to be back with everyone. Continuing over here with Der Hashem. Well, not really Der Hashem. With, uh, we switched over to, we're still in the Torah of the Ramchal, but going um, through some of the Torah the Ramchal has on Pesach. Okay, on Pesach and specifically the Lel Seder. And the Ramchal's objective over here is to explain to us the significant time, Pesach, Matzah, Moror, and the Dalit Kaisis. Those four items that we have at our Seder table, of which currently we only have three of them, really we only have a Zechel the Pesach, we only have something that reminds us of the Karim Pesach, um, the Matzah, Moror, and the Dalak Kaisis we do have. The Leruchel, uh, yesterday we saw him sort of building up the background for us, and uh, setting, up, setting up the board for the uh, ideas that he's going to be stringing together. And he, he did give us some background that's going to be very um, significant today. And Let's just uh, remind ourselves what we saw yesterday. What was the background that Ramchal told us that... Um, he told us in, in not a lot of words, but he certainly made it clear that there was a fundamental shift in the existence of the Jewish nation, when we left Mitzrayim. It wasn't just about freedom. It wasn't just about Avdei Hashem V'loi, that we go from Paro slaves to Hashem slaves. It wasn't just about getting ready to receive the Torah. It was about becoming a nation that can receive the Torah. Physically. And there was a physical impediment, so long as we were in Mitzrayim. And this physical impediment was... Upgraded was, was 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 well our physical existence was upgraded when we left Mitzrayim, which which um, left this physical impediment behind. And the Ramchal also threw in there that part of the process that was necessary in us moving beyond this impediment, getting that upgrade, was and in fact the suffering in Egypt. We needed to suffer for two hundred and ten years, and you know at a certain point, people begin to ask this question at the Pesach Seder. Your kids will ask this question. If they're astute and you're leading a Seder properly, you'll tell your kids every year that, you know, Kindalah who took us out of Mitzrayim. Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim was awful. Hashem, uh, Mitzrayim was terrible. Mitzrayim was such a bad place. So rotten. And Hashem took us out because Hashem loves us so much. If your kids are listening carefully and they're astute, they'll ask you, but Tati, didn't Hashem send us to Mitzrayim to begin with? It says that in the Haggadah also, We didn't have a choice in the matter. We didn't have a say. And uh, Hashem sent us down to right. And uh, there's no one that's intellectually honest like kids are. There's no one who asks those inconvenient, awkward questions like, we want to kind of paper things over. We want to make them Egypt and the exodus and the night of the Seder into some nice Hollywood production, uh, you know, some Disney movie where things were terrible, things were awful, things were, 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 were we were miserable. And hooray, Hashem saved us. And when we start to think to ourselves in the middle of this production that we're staging for our children on the night of Pesach, oh, yeah, but there is this inconvenient issue over here that Hashem was also responsible for us going dancing dance in Mitzrayim. So how do we work that? into the story? Okay, we'll just kind of overlook that. We'll paper that over. We'll just focus on the redemption, on the exodus, and the makkas, and the miracles, and, 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 and uh, all, all the action, and all the drama of Hashem taking us out. Your kids will ask you this question, and they should ask you this question. We have to be prepared to answer this question. But one second, what are we getting all excited about? Yeah, I, God, to, personally took you out, but you, God, also sent us down to Egypt. So don't send me down to Egypt, so don't take me out of Egypt. No, let's just stay in Israel. So, this question needs to be answered also when we talk about the night of the Seder. When we talk about the Exodus, when we talk about Yetzirah Mitzrayim, we have to talk about Yeridah Mitzrayim. And Armachal told us yesterday, and we're going to be building on this now, today, that being that, leaving Egypt really was a physical upgrade. We went from existence 1.0 to 2.0. And yes, we are going to have to tie this into what what we're learning in tandem, what we were just learning in Der HaShem, about how Klai is different than the nations, that Klai even starting from Avram Avinu, are eligible for making a tikkun for rectifying the ched of Adam, for reaching Adam Haba, for reaching the stars, reaching Hashem, and the gun can't do that. Nevertheless, we're being told right now that there was still some interference. There was this body that was in the way, a guf, that was in the way. So how does that work together with what the <coughs> Ramchal was telling us in Derech Hashem? Well, eventually we'll have to integrate everything, put everything back together. Amit's Hashem, we will do that. In the meantime, what we know, what the Ramchal is sharing with us, is Klai Yisrael going down to Mitzrayim and in Mitzrayim had a Physical existence that if we would have taken that physical existence to Harsenite, there would have been something in the way of us accepting the Torah, there would have been something in the way of us fulfilling the Torah. There was resistance. What does that mean exactly? Oh, before that, before that, um, and, and therefore. We need to leave Mitzrayim to, and shed that skin, so to speak, shed that physical existence that gets in the way. We need an upgrade existence, which we got when we left Egypt. But the Ramchal also told us that in getting us in the right place and getting kleistrol set up in order to be able to shed that skin and shed that physicality and receive an upgraded physical existence, which is what we have nowadays. And remember this, the, the, the nature of how we looked, that looked, existed physically, changed fundamentally from before You'd you'd Mitzrayim to after this time. But what, what needed to happen in order to allow that to happen as, as a, you know, primer was the Shibur Mitzrayim, the suffering in Egypt. The suffering in Egypt, in Egypt was instrumental in allowing us to have this upgraded physical existence. It was critical. It was necessary and it was integral in allowing us to have this upgraded physical existence was the Sheba Mitzrayim of the suffering in Egypt. So, so why is that? And how, is, how does that work? That, that um, it allowed us to be set up to leave that existence behind to get a new upgraded existence. Why? Why? Why, why is that the case? Why? Um, why was it necessary? Again, these are the two questions over here. Why was that necessary? And how exactly? How exactly does that work? How exactly does that work? Um, So to understand that, we have to zoom in a little bit more and understand what that means that we had a physical existence that, that was interfering with our ability to keep the Torah, our ability to accept the Torah, our ability, as the Ramchal puts it, to be illuminated by the Torah. Torah is there to give us Lichtikai to illuminate us, to allow our mitzvahs to illuminate us, and the Ramchal told us that the, the way we existed and the way we operated before Yisraim was suppressing that light and, 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 and suffocating that light and almost extinguishing that light. What does that mean? And, and, and what does that look like? How do we approach and understand that? So the understanding behind that is the body Although, Kala yes, is eligible to make a Tikkun for the Ched of Adam HaRishon, and we, from all the other nations, are the, the ones that were separated out, being that we're descendants of Avraham Avinu, who aligned himself with Hashem, and said, I want to still repair the damage, I want to still get close to you, so we're descendants of that, so we're still eligible for that. But as, as we remember, as we saw in Derich Hashem, what Adam Rishon did in that hate and what really happened in that decision that he made to eat from the etzah das toverah, was he made the decision to make the body into its own legitima- legitimate self-contained existence. That was what Adam Rishon decided to do. Before the chait, before Adam Rishon sins, the body, let's remind ourselves, is just this very threadbare extremely thin existence which is only there just as a skin as a membrane as a shell to contain the neshama that's all the body is there's a world that is physical and we have a neshama which is spiritual and we want the spiritual to be able to exist in the physical we need a housing we need a container we need a device that is going to be able to contain the neshama and give the neshama an existence here in this world. Before the ched of Adam Rishon, that's all that the guf is. We have a physical existence, but it's there completely so just to be able to give uh, a housing, a vehicle for a neshama to be down here. Everybody got that? That's all it is, nothing more than that, a soap bubble. A soap bubble. What's inside the soap bubble? Air. Can you see that air? No, no, you can't. you can't see that air. I can you color it? Can you see it? No. The soap bubble contains air. Uh, air is a good is not is not spiritual, but it's a good muscle for spirituality. The soap bubble contains the air that's inside of it. That soap bubble is so is so insubstantial. And so threadbare, you know one little puncture pops the whole thing. But in the meantime, as long as it exists, it's, it's existing to contain the air that's inside. It's giving an existence to, a pocket of air that without the soap, bu- soap bubble doesn't exist. It's just lots and lots and lots of air. That soap bubble is able, able to give an existence to to, uh, to uh, a cubic foot of air, whatever it is. Good. That was the existence of Ademrishim before the chayit. As we saw again in Derech Hashem, that he had physicality, he had spirituality, physicality was the barest, barest of phys- physical existences. It was the soap bubble that was there only to contain, that was the entire function of the gulf. And, and this is what's alluded to in Chazal. And Chazal say, originally, Adam and Chav were covered by fingernails entirely. They didn't have clothes. They had fingernails. The fingernails, that was their gof. That was the entirety of the physical existence because it was the, this, this skin, this shell, this membrane that was only there to contain the neshama. That was Adam Rishan's existence, and that is the existence that we are destined for, again, once again, in alam Haba. In alam haba, we will have a physical existence. But the primary existence will be the spirituality and, and, and the soul and the neshama, which will be the bulk of our existence, the Gulf will only be there to allow the neshama to have some kind of physical presence. And that's also why this idea of keren or panav, of, of our light shining through, right now, we have a neshama that if we were able to see our neshamas, we would be blinded by our neshamas. Because everyone's neshama is coming from the kise hakaven, a source of infinite light, connected to a source of infinite light, that, that's blinding, that would, that would make us all that would burn out our eyes and their eye sockets, right? Why won't we get blinded by our neshama? We all have neshamas. Which everyone has, has, has a neshama right here somewhere, right? Why are we not blinded by the neshama? Because the body is opaque. The body doesn't let any of the light through because after Adam sins, the body goes from this soap bubble existence to an elephantine existence, to this thick, heavy, fat, blubberous existence, and the neshama is eclipsed, is dwarfed, is encased, in, 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 this, in this lead-lined, steel-reinforced bunker that you can't see the neshama anymore. The guf takes on its own existence. The guf comes crashing down here. The goof takes on its own existence, and it eclipses and dwarfs the neshama's existence. That is what happens after the ched of Adam Rishon. Um, now, by, as we said, by the Migdal Boba the Dora of Floggo, Humanity went in two directions. Avram uh, Vino went one way. The rest of the nations went the other way. Hashem closes the door. And Hashem says, okay, everyone's locked in now to their existence that they have chosen for themselves. The nations of the world are locked into the <coughs> blubberous, thick existence where the body is a body, and you, you can't see the nasham anymore. And that's where they are. That's where they Kanhoyo, That's where they're going. And they're not eligible for returning the body and the soul and the existence to the pre-cheit state, they don't have access to that neshama anymore. Kalal Yisrael, we do have the same physical bodily existence that the Gaim have, blubberous and thick and crashed down to the ground, but our neshama, that spark that we have inside is now still tethered to the original neshama existence of Adam Rishon, and we can reinforce, build up that neshama to the point that that neshama now has the capability to radiate project and illuminate our physical existence at the right time the problem is our neshama from avram on is still the neshama of 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 the kind a neshama that can illuminate our bodies illuminate the world illuminate everything around us but that we're still stuck in a body that's blubberous a blubberous bloated bountiful body not beautiful Okay, blubberous and bloated. We're still stuck in this body. The body, that's the posts and legacy of Adam Rishon. And let's take that a step further. This is a body that, and this is part of what Adam decided. Adam Rishon made this decision that we would be able to have a more meaningful service. Our avoidah, our bekhir, would be much more meaningful and significant if we had more to work against. We had more to work against. So he said, I'm going to make this body something that really just sinks as far away as possible from God and falls naturally the opposite direction from God, a body that doesn't want to do anything. I'm going to decide to have such a body. And that was a mistake. Because the, altar, the ideal is to have bodies that want to rise, bodies that want to go up to God. Adam could, could have decided to have a body that, that, that gave no interference, gave no impediments, but he, he made a cheshven that would be more significant if I have to work against the body that, that on its own falls and sinks. So, Avram Avinu aligns himself with God. Avram Avinu's neshama is a neshama that's still connected to Gan Eden, a neshama that still can illuminate himself in mankind and the world, a neshama that can be another ma'aba, but his body is still the body of post chet. This gives us a lot more clarity and insight in connecting dots back to, to, to what we have seen in tandem over here in, in, in Der HaShem. The neshama is the pre-cheit neshama, but the body is the post-cheit body. So far, so good? Now, what nafkameen does that make? That makes a tremendous nafkamino. And here, we'll borrow something that the Ramchal actually speaks out, Derech Hashem, all the way at the end of the Sefer. talks about Pesach also a little bit over there. And the fact that you have a post-cheit body with a pre-cheit neshama means the neshama, even when I exercise my bechir do the right thing, the neshama is always going to be fighting an uphill battle. As much as I work and as much as I tried as much as I really want to do the right thing and what are examples of doing the right thing learning tire all day long Davening waking up on time for a minute that's a nice example yes um, um, you know there's uh, my, the the uh, the uh, the the um, Uh, Rabbitson once worked in uh, in Silver Spring when she was uh, um, I don't know In high school or something she worked on Sundays that there was like a local like a uh, Hebrew school a Sunday school that uh, the People running it. It was an interesting place. They wanted to have religious teachers there but you know the staff were people that were not so informed, not so enlightened, not so religious and and, and the clientele certainly, you know, I mean, that was the point of these schools is you bring in clientele that are, that are uninformed, you try to inform them. Unenlightened, you try to enlighten them. And uh, so, so, you know, my wife once worked alongside a, an instructor there, a teacher that, that was from the uninformed, unfortunately, one of the unenlightened. Who um, was on the, uh, an unenlightened teacher working with an unenlightened crowd. And they had to bring in mitzvah notes, mitzvah notes. You know, so they brought in these mitzvah notes that said, you know, Bobby, walked the dog. And and, uh, and uh, um, Ethan ate up his whole sandwich today, and the teacher would excitedly read these notes and say, "That's a mitzvah. Well, that's a mitzvah." And he 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 he, uh, he 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 petted someone else's dog. That's a mitzvah, and he finished his whole sandwich. That's a mitzvah. Now, you know, am I saying these things are not mitzvahs? I know we could probably figure out how these things are mitzvahs, but um, but. Uh, the, the, these these uh, um, um, are are good examples of us putting in in, in, in uh, perspective over here the um, mitzvahs and meisim that we're referring to over here um, that that make a drastic change from. Prechet to postchet and postchet to Yetzias Mitzrayim. That's really where we want to get to. Is what happened from after the Chet of Adam Rishon to Yetzias Mitzrayim. And after the Chet of Adam Rishon, even when Avram Avinu decides that he's going to be the progenitor of Kleistral and he's going to be the, the Av of the Avays, the father of the fathers, the patriarch of the patriarchs, he's still working with a body that is a the vestige of the post chait realm of Adam Rishon, a body that became blubberous and bloated, a a body that wants to do its own thing. And Avram Avinu himself is fighting an uphill battle. And Yitzchak and Yaakov and the Shvatim actually had a different experience in the Yiddishkeit, a different experience in fulfilling mitzvahs and, and learning Torah than we do. They had a harder time. They had a harder time. Because the mitzvahs that they had to do was an experience of constantly fighting an uphill battle. And what does that mean? So we gave examples of mitzvahs just now. You know, I asked the for some examples of mitzvahs. What are mitzvahs do we do? Learning Torah and davening, getting out of bed on time, um, maybe walking the dog, finishing up your whole sandwich. These, some of these things are easier to do. Some of these things are harder to do. But you know, who, who here ever had a? deal with having to get out of bed on time for Davin. Anyone ever had to deal with that? It's, it's uh, easy or it's challenging? Uh, it's pretty challenging. Okay, okay, that was just said on tape. All right, we have that now for the record. Yes. It's pretty challenging, but let me ask another question. And what about forcing yourself to sit and learn for 60 minutes with, with, that, with that interruption? 30 minutes with that interruption, five minutes? It's challenging, right? challenging. What though happens when you force yourself to do it for a second day, and a third day in a row, and a fourth day in a row? You get a streak of getting up for davening on time. Hopefully it starts getting easier. It starts getting easier, and with learning. You get into learning, and you learn for 20 minutes at a shot, 30 minutes at a stretch, an hour, and you learn with consistency, and you learn with with with, um, with what, what begins to happen? It's joy. You begin to learn with joy. And davening. You daven with consistency. You get out of bed on time for davening with consistency. You begin to get out of bed with, it's true this can happen, Yasha, with joy. With a gishmak. You come to Shul, you daven with a gishmak, with a bren, with a passion, with an excitement. And our very own Rav Moshe Brill just said that. With joy. Now why is it that it begins to happen with joy when we get into it? Is it because we just have established uh, a habit? We've habituated ourselves, accustomed ourselves. No, it's because new every day. and we get into it. The body gets into it. The body's on board. Everybody understand this? The body is on board. At first, of course, of course, the body resists. The body wants to stay in bed. The body wants to be dead. That's really what your body wants. Your body wants to be dead. That's why it's so hard to get out of bed in the morning. It's much easier just to be, you know. Rigor mortising over here. Not doing anything. I don't want... Leave me alone. Let me stay in bed. Oh my gosh, you should be givenched with all the brachas. Wow. Well, it came just at the right time. I was about to stop the shear. Right? Just... <coughs> ah, this bad coffee. Okay, good. Very hot. Good. Good. Um, so, uh... So, uh... The body starts to get into it into davening. The body gets into learning. Who has experienced that thrill? You're sitting and, and learning, and you understand the Gemara, you understand the Tosis, you're plugging away, and, and you feel that that energy. You're in motion. You're shuckling. And not, you're not shuckling because you're looking around. You're seeing everyone else shuckling, so you're shuckling too. No, you're just shuckling naturally. Who's ever experienced that before? That's an indicator that what? That the body's into it. The body's into it. People who are tremendous, bali chesed that are running around helping Yidin, collecting money for Pesach drives, distributing Pesach food, taking care of a shul, taking care of a community, there's an energy, the body gets into it. Maybe at first it's difficult, at first there's resistance, but the body gets into it. So far so good? Oh, well, one second, one second, one second, we're building something up over here. The body gets into it. This is an innovation, Rabbi say this is a chiddush. it wasn't always like this. This is something that only exists from ETS Yitzhi Mitzrayim and how about that? What a mind blowing idea to open up such a cold day with. Cold day, piping hot coffee over here, and uh, th- this the idea that we're sharing is, is just as Yatza let us buy this coffee. They go hand in hand. Only from ETS Mitzrayim, on did it happen that we, Kleisaw, has a body that can get into things. Before ETS Mitzrayim, it's an uphill battle, constantly, continuously around the clock. The neshama is learning, the neshama enjoys it, but the body has to be schlepped everywhere. You want to finish Shaz, you got to pull your body all the way to the top of that mountain. Even if you do consistently, for a week at a time, two weeks at a time, three weeks at a time, you've finished seder moyed, you play out through nashem, nazikin, you're on your way through kachim. it doesn't make a difference. So each and every one of those 2800 blad before Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, you are towing your body behind you. The body is kicking and screaming and fighting every step of the way. The body doesn't get into it. The body doesn't experience that joy before Yitzhi has Only after Yitzhi has we now have this existence where the body can get into it. And that existence that we had before Yitzhi again, that harks back to post-Chet, where Adam Harishon decides that the body is going to be blubberous and bloated and bountiful in a beastly way, this is a body that, that doesn't want ruchnius, a body that's fighting ruchnius, that's fighting spirituality. And Rabbi says, yes, it, it would be great if we always had to overcome that. But it's constantly overcoming that. The Rebbeinah says, I want to get Klyso so slowly but surely back on track to the Tikkun of the Ched of Adam Rishon, and to get back on track to allowing the body to be raised back towards spirituality, of course, there'll still be a struggle, and of course, there'll still be room for Arab Bechira, but out, on an initial level. But the Rebbein Sholem gives us the opportunity to start going step by step, notch by notch, back towards rectifying the Cheyed of Adam Rishon that begins with the Yitzhiyat us getting an upgraded body. So now, what we discussed yesterday comes very sh- much more sharply into focus. That upgrade of getting a new body means a body that can be drawn towards the Neshama a body that cooperates with the Neshama, a body that enjoys what the Neshama has to offer, not that's always protesting against the Neshama. So, whereas the bodies that Khalid Yisrael had until Yeti's time were bodies that were constantly being schlepped behind them, towed, and dragged to the top of those hills of accomplishments, the bodies that we have, the physicality that we have from Yeti's time on, is a body that can get on board with the Neshama. An amazing, beautiful thing. And that's why we see, even out of Yamazep, that we can feel passion, joy, and happiness in a good evening session, a good learning session, in mitzvahs, in, 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 in being involved, in, in being giving people, and being special holy people, the body gets into it, the body enjoys that. The body can be drawn after the neshama and, and, and can cooperate with the neshama, doesn't have to be dragged behind, it is drawn after, not dragged behind. In order for that to happen, there needed to be suffering, though, first in Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim. This is why we needed the 210 years of suffering in Egypt. And the 210 years of suffering in Egypt was there to start to break down the body and to um, make that uh, repair and address those issues that that were still harking back to the sin of Adam Rishon that need to be addressed in order to allow the body to be upgraded. So this is what what's going on in the suffering of Egypt, which is going to lead us to the Morar, which is what we will continue with directly, Mirza Hashem, tomorrow morning. We'll continue exactly directly with this idea, but now, again, we have an understanding, hopefully, Bez Hashem, of what it means, body 1.0 and 2.0, and... Why we needed that upgrade when we left Mitzrayim, and what humanity looked like before they left Mitzrayim, and even though Avraham Avinu was the the representative of humanity that can now be Shaykh and eligible to pre prechet, but that's only on the level of his neshama. His goof is still a postchet goof. By Yisrael our goof begins to upgrade, begins to return to the pristine state of Gan Eden, step by step, and we have a goof now that's not no longer. Dragged after the body like Avra and yes, all the Shvatim had such a body. We have a body that they never had. We have a, a, a different approach to Yiddishkeit, a, an easier approach than they had, and that's a body that's drawn after the Neshama, that can enjoy what the Neshama has to offer. And we will continue exactly with this point tomorrow. We'll bring this back to the tomorrow, bring this to the 210 years of suffering. Thank you all for joining. So, how does that work if the body?